When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Howdy, howdy, howdy. On this Thursday, fifth day of October 2023. What is going on, everybody? Dan Grasso Show live in a living color here on 98.7 ESPN. A full vehicle right up until 9 o'clock. We'll take you into Larry and Gordon. All four series were sweeps in the wild card round, so no interruptions tonight for Major League Baseball. So we got a full two and a half hours with you right out of the gates here. We got Harvey, we got Joe, they're producing the program, and want to get right into it because the news that came down a couple of hours ago took a lot of people by surprise, certainly, and that is involving the New York Mets, who we know that they're in search of a new manager. Now they're going to be in search of a new general manager to work underneath new president of baseball ops, David Stearns, and to help us break it all down and to make sense of Everything that's transpired here, we bring on our good pal. He, of course, covers the Mets for MLB.com. He is Anthony DeComo. Anthony, long time no chat, my friend. Hope things are well. How's things? Hey, Dan. Yeah, it's been a minute. Good to talk to you. All right, so Sunday we find out Buck Showalter's not going to be returning. Four days later we get the news about Billy Epler. Where do you rate this on the surprise scale as far as this move? Pretty high, honestly. I would put it up there as maybe like a 7 or an 8. Um the reason why I say that is because I always kind of look at this situation as certainly not a forever spot for Billy Epler, but probably his best position. And what I mean by that was I find it hard to believe Billy Epler is going to leave here and get a GM title somewhere else. But if he stayed or stuck around with David Stern, um, you know, used his institutional knowledge um, to help make this a seamless transition, proved to be a good number two in baseball ops, is a GM that at some point along the line, the Mets have some success. You could see him going off and being a number one somewhere again. So I don't necessarily know what Billy Epler's plans are, what his career goals are, what he wants to do from here. Um, but for those reasons, I was a little surprised that it came down. I thought he would at least last the winter, help with this transition. And I get the sense that some others within the Mets were surprised by this as well. It does create a bit of chaos in the front office. This is a team that, even before Stearns officially came on, fired a handful of baseball ops employees. Uh, they've got a couple assistant GMs still in-house, one of them's been there forever, and obviously you can get by. You know, These are teams that have dozens and dozens of people in baseball ops. It's not as if they're not going to function, but it would have helped to have someone like Billy along. So, yeah, surprise level reasonably high. Um, eventually they're going to have everything else that has to get done over the next couple months. Absolutely. Look, I'm just as surprised as you are, too, because, look, all summer long, Steve Cohen, even when we knew that he was going to go out and bring in a new president of baseball operations, he was steadfast in saying that Billy Epler was still going to be here as the general manager. So when I think about this, a couple of things, Anthony. Number one, so the way you're portraying it, the way they're portraying it, is if this was Billy's decision to up and leave and he was the one that stepped away to let to be out of the way for David Stearns to hire whoever he wanted it to. But then on the other hand of it, I can't help but think, well, Steve Cohen just gave David Stearns essentially $50 million to basically be the emperor of the baseball department. So he would probably want to bring in his own guy. Plus, 
the release that the Mets put out, David Stearns isn't quoted in it in any way, shape, or form. So I, I wonder, was this Billy? Was this Stearns? Was it a meeting in the middle? How is it, you think, being spun? Yeah, and I look, I'd be lying if I told you I had the exact answer to that, Dan. I think that'll probably become clear in the coming weeks and months as we see what happens. I mean, it could very well be the case that David Stearns had a guy in mind that he wanted to be his number two, um, and that person will come in. And then it becomes clear that maybe it was a situation in which David Stern said to Billy, look, um, you know, you've essentially already been demoted once. You're about to get demoted again. So you can stay or you can go. Um, but I also think there's a very decent chance that Billy Apple just said, look, this, this was a demotion. While my title stays the same, I went from number one to number two. Um, that's not something I'm willing to stomach. Um, and he moved on on his own terms before being judged, so to speak, by David Stearns. Uh, I do think it was a surprise again. And if you go back to Monday at the press conference, Steve Cohen, who, by the way, when he has spoken publicly since becoming owner, he has generally been pretty transparent. Uh, most mm -hmm. of what he says has come true. And he was asked specifically about this and about keeping Billy Epler on. He said, yeah, I like the idea of having multiple baseball minds here. Uh, in my opinion, the, the quote he used was one and one makes three. So he said it in a way that was definitely not um, – we're not sure if Billy's going to stay or uh, he could, or he might not, whatever it might be. No, it was very much uh, this is what's going to happen going forward. We're going to have these two guys there. So, um, yeah, whose idea ultimately was for Billy to leave, I, again, I don't know for sure. But just, but just judging by the comments and by, by what people have said over the last few days, I have to believe that this was Billy's impetus and he did it on himself, out of his own. Anthony DeComo joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Billy Epler out as the Mets GM, so David Stearns will look to hire a manager and a general manager as he gets settled in as the new president of baseball operations for the Metropolitans here. And, and the other thing about it, too, here, and look, I don't know how fast these things transpire in the game of baseball, Anthony, but we all knew that this day was going to come where the Mets were going to have a new president of baseball ops. I mean, it certainly several months. Billy Epler's been around Major League Baseball for a long time. Shoot, he worked with the team across town under Brian Cashman for a number of years. Maybe he knew this was coming. He didn't want to play that secondary role. He could have made some contacts, networking to different people around the game, and maybe there's another opportunity that he's eventually going to settle into here pretty soon. But, of course, he's not going to try to make it public today. Instead, he'll just step aside. Yeah, and look, Billy Epler is a respected baseball man. Whether you think he did a good job as GM or not, this is a guy who has a very long and very deep scouting background. Certainly, he's not going to be wanting for jobs. Whether he has something lined up or not, um, he has an opportunity to go to probably any number of teams, work in their scouting department, have a pretty scouting department, have a pretty high-ranking position. Uh, but it's probably not going to be a GM title. And those GM titles are rare. They're hard to find. Even in these situations, you're seeing more and more around the game where the GM is effectively the number two because there's a president of baseball operations in place. GM still carries weight. That's still a big job, and there's only 30 of them. Uh, so for Billy to leave something like that, he had to have felt pretty strongly about it, whether it's because he had something else he liked lined up, whether it's because he just didn't want to be a part of um, you know, getting demoted and, and essentially being – brushed aside with David Stearns coming in, whether he was philosophically opposed to any number of things that have gone on. I, I don't know the reasoning right now, but again, he, he had to have felt pretty strongly to make a move like this. 
All right, l- let's talk a little housekeeping stuff for what else is on the agenda for this team as we get going into the hot stove offseason. Number one, of course, that would be the manager. And, look, everybody's putting two and two together. Craig Council, his team was eliminated last night. The relationship with David Stearns, a two-parter. Number one, would you be shocked if it's not Craig Council? And number two, how much of a priority is it that they hire somebody with experience as opposed to going the first-timer route for this? Yeah, I, I wouldn't be shocked at all if it is or isn't Craig Council. Look, uh, the biggest factor in this whole council thing that nobody knows the answer to, I have not seen council address it. I have not seen it reported by anyone in Milwaukee, in New York, elsewhere. Uh, the biggest unknown is whether Craig Council has really any interest in coming here. Now, mm-hmm. I would sure guess that David Stern is going to pick up the phone calls old manager, said, you want to talk? And Craig Council is probably going to say, sure, let's talk. But that's no different than you or I or anyone else, you know, having a job opportunity put in front of you and saying, sure, I'll have the conversation, even if I'm not really that interested. I don't know if he's interested, Dan. This is a guy who, by all accounts, really likes living in, in Wisconsin, really likes managing the Brewers. If he sticks around and they have some success, he can have a statue of himself outside of Miller Park one day or, or whatever they call it, American Family Field right now. Um, <laughs> He can come to New York, fall on his face, and be fired in two years. So these are all parts of the calculus for a guy like that. When you think about moving, it's not an easy decision for someone like that. Uh, Certainly, of course, as David Stearns himself would probably admit, if you win in New York and you're the guy who brings the Mets to glory and does what all these previous regimes couldn't do, um, that's a pretty nice thing, too, and that's pretty appealing And a lot of people would want to bet on themselves in that situation and say, sure, yeah, I'm going to take this job because I think I could be pretty good at it and I think I could essentially become a hero and queen. Um, We don't know the answer to that. That answer will probably become clear pretty soon now that the Brewers are eliminated and the Mets can talk to Craig Council. But I would not be surprised at all um, either way. As for the second question, yeah, as for the second question, um, if you need experience, I I always – you know, I'll say this, Dan. In the past, when I was maybe a little less experienced myself in that job, I thought that was overrated. Mm-hmm. I thought that experience in the managerial position, um, I thought the managerial position in itself, frankly, was a little overrated. I've come around on that a bit, and I've come around specifically in this market, in New York. I just feel like a lot of people have come into this, whether it's Mickey Calloway or Luis Rojas or whoever else you want to put on the list, and clearly haven't really known what to expect, and we're surprised by a lot of things that come, specifically in dealing with the media, the public relations aspect of the job, which is so huge in New York. It's so much bigger here than it is anywhere else, and uh, it has created these awkward situations all along the line. So I I do think, while you don't necessarily need to have done it in New York, I I do think it helps a lot to have done the job before, to know what to expect, and to come in with some semblance of, okay, these are going to be the challenges I'm facing both on the field and also dealing with people like, like me who are there every day who are asking questions and who are challenging them maybe in ways that they haven't previously been challenged in previous positions in their career. So I do think experience matters. I don't think you need a Buck Showalter type who's managed for 20 years in the big leagues before coming here, but someone who's done the job once before is helpful in my eyes. 
Hey, dealing with the media could be tougher than dealing with the opposition every single day when you're in that dugout, especially no in this town. Absolutely. Um, a couple of more minutes here with Anthony DeComo of MLB.com. Last thing regarding Pete Alonso. So he hired Scott Boris to be his mm-hmm. agent. You know that Scott is going to make sure his guy gets every last cent that's available to him. He's got one more year of team control. Now, David Stearns went on record saying the other day that Pete's going to be the first baseman come opening day of 2024. Do you foresee them being able to hammer out an agreement on a contract extension prior to opening day next year, or do you think this is all still very much up in the air regarding his future? Yeah, I think it's up in the air. I think, if anything, the cliche, but it's a cliche for a reason, it's true. Scott Boris encourages his guys pretty much to a man to go to free agency, um, to play this thing out, to bet on yourself. And while he has made exceptions in the past, um, and he has signed guys to their teams to long-term contract it's generally been at market rate um he does not offer discounts before a guy gets the free agency and frankly even before pete hired scott boris i kind of suspected that that was the way it was going to go i just i just didn't feel like based on what i had heard in terms of conversations on that you know these going to be realistic that they would come to an agreement before pete alonso reaches free agency in terms of, I saw a lot today of, okay, he's, he hired Scott Boris, that means he's gone. That I don't agree with at all. And mm-hmm. to the contrary, the Mets, you know, for years and years didn't deal with Scott Boris at all. And that was in large part because his clients were too expensive for their pay. Now nobody is too um, expensive for the Mets. Yeah, nobody is too expensive. And Steve Cohen even said this at the trade deadline. He said, look, we let Brandon Nimmo get the free agency, and then we outbid everyone on him. And that is absolutely something the Mets can and I certainly strongly believe will do if Pete Alonso gets the free agency and the Mets still want to resign him at that time. It's almost a better tactic for the Mets as well because you sign him now, you just absorb a little bit more risk. Um, if you're paying market this year, if he has another good year, he gets the free agency, he looks like the player that we've all known and that Mets fans have loved for many years, then, yeah, who's going to outbid him? For you? You, can, you have the richest owner in baseball. You don't have to worry about that. Whatever other team out there, 53, whatever number you want to throw out there, the Mets can match. And if Pete Alonso really wants to come back here, at that point he will. Going to be a very eventful offseason with this team. We know that. A lot of things need to be addressed. Players, managers, executives, you name it. So I know you're going to be busy, but always appreciate you making some time, my friend. Stay well, and we'll catch up again real soon. Always a pleasure. All righty. There's Anthony DeComo, MLB.com, covers the New York Metropolitans. Busy day, busy couple of weeks, busy couple of months for a team that woefully underachieved this year, winning only 75 games. And you know what? There's a lot of work to be done because you know that the owner isn't going to tolerate another season like they had this year. Can't say the same about the team across town, but you know that this owner is going to do everything he can to ensure that doesn't happen. We'll talk a little Mets here for a bit. We'll get some calls up at 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Are you in agreement with the direction that things seem to be going right now for this baseball team? Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. This is the Dan Grossa Show on 98.7 ESPN. Normally we don't do a guest right out of the shoot like that, but... Anthony, um, that was the only time he could do, so we wanted to have him on, and we appreciate the information that he gave us there. And, look, you know, here's the thing with the Mets, okay? And if you didn't get a sense of it already just over the last week with these press conferences and everything that's transpired since the end of the season, make no mistake about it, this is now David Stern's baseball operations department, plain and simple. He is running the show. Steve Cohen is signing the checks. But David Stearns, who grew up a Met fan and has been back here on the job less than a week officially, he is running everything with the New York Mets. So I'm sure that he's got to be brought up to speed. I'm sure that he's probably going to go make changes in the minor league system and player development and how things are done and the way that he wants them to be done. I mean, that's what's happening when you're the one that's now in charge. But you gave this guy $50 bucks to come in and be the baseball czar You're going to have to let him make decisions and do what he wants. And that's why, you know, when I heard the news initially, I was coming back from Florham Park. And when I heard it initially and they, you know, spinned it as a resignation and the Mets put out the release and everything. I don't know. Call me naive, but I don't know if this was a resignation. Right. Remember, Buck Showalter went up there on Sunday and essentially told you how their conversation, how his conversation with Billy Epler went down on Sunday and Steve Cohen. You know, they gave him the option of, you know, coming out and addressing the media and saying that he, quote-unquote, you know, stepping down, but he just was not asked back. That's what happened. You know, Billy Epler, they probably gave him an opportunity to say, oh, you know, give you a soft landing, you're resigning, your choice, your calling, you want to look like the good guy because you want to, you know, the way it's said in the release, he's going to step away and let, you know, David Stearns have a clean slate and not have anybody kind of standing in his way as he tries to remake this baseball department. Fine, but the fact of the matter is that David Stearns probably just decided, you know what, I'm going to bring in my own guy. Nothing more, nothing less. And you know what, you can't fault him for that. It's not like the Mets have had a great deal of success over the last handful of years. 
no matter whether it was Buck Showalter, whether it was previous GMs, you name it. I mean, the Mets have been searching for that winning formula forever. Aside from 2015-2016, when they went to the World Series and made the wild card the next year, like, what else have the Mets done? Last year, okay, they went 101 games, but they were out like that in the playoffs. And what do they do for an encore? They won 75 games, and they crashed and burned. They have the most expensive team in the history of baseball, and the owner had to basically blow it up and wave the white flag in July. So I don't know how you're, if you're a Met fan, how you can sit here and witness what's transpired over the last week and say, oh, you know what, I got a major problem with that. How? What's your problem? Meantime, Yankee fans are probably sitting from afar watching everything that's going on in Queens and saying, I wish our organization acted as decisively as the Mets did. Boy, I'd love somebody else running my new baseball operations department. I'd love a new general manager. You know why? Because we have not won in a good number of years, at least not to the extent that you're expected to win with the New York Yankees, which is championship or bust. But the Yankees don't like to make changes, right? They keep guys in charge for 25-plus years. They keep managers at their job because the players like him. So I don't know what's going to happen, right? The audit is still going on down in Tampa as far as the Yankees are concerned. But you know what? The audit went pretty damn quick up here in Queens. And that is, it's David Stern's team and everybody else, you fall in line. Right? And I think that, you know, on the surface, you look back at Billy Epler. And he was only on the job for a couple of years. Right? And I think to a man, his legacy is going to be what happened last year at the trade deadline. The horrible Daniel Vogelback move the horrible Darren Ruff move, you know, Givens, Naquin, whoever they brought in there, and it wasn't enough. And I was ready to come on today and talk about that story that was in the New York Post from Mike Puma that Buck Showalter and Billy Epler were butting heads over how much Daniel Vogelback should be in the lineup this year. Buck didn't want to play him as much, but Billy Epler, as the ambassador to the front office, basically was telling Buck, hey, man, you got to play this guy. It was almost like a scene right out of Moneyball. Billy Bean wanted Scott Hatterberg at first base, and Art Howe, played by the late greats Philip Seymour Hoffman, said, no, you got to play Carlos Pena at first base. So that's what was happening with the New York Mets. Like, they should have filmed. They could have had their own scene of Moneyball. And they were fighting over Daniel Vogelback. But I don't think that's his legacy. Right? We know what happened last year. It didn't work out. They were out of the playoffs in three games to the San Diego Padres, who also woefully underachieved this year. I think Billy Epler's legacy is still to be written with the New York Mets. And what I mean by that is they made a whole bunch of moves at the trade deadline this year, did they not? So, to me, Billy Epler's legacy falls on the shoulders of the Luis Angel Acunas of the world. The two guys they got from the Houston Astros for Justin Verlander all the other prospects that they acquired with the litany of trades that were made before the trade deadline this past summer, okay? That's what's going to be Billy Epler's legacy for the New York Mets. If those guys blossom, if they become Major League All-Stars, and if they are going to form the core of a consistent winning club for years and years and years in Queens, well, then you know what? You look back at Billy Epler's tenure and you say, you know what? They may not have won much on the field while he was here, but guess what? Those trades that he made, they set this franchise up for some sustained success for years to come, and I think you'd be happy about that. I think you'd take that. 
Now, uh, there was a lot during the season where people thought, oh, well, hey, Shohei Otani's going to come to the Mets because Billy Epler's here. And Billy Epler, of course, being the former general manager of the Angels, when Shohei decided to pick that team, that Epler was the secret to getting Otani to come to Queens, which couldn't be further from the truth, by the way. Like, that, that that's a bunch of hogwash. So anybody that now is going to sit there and drop to the ground and start bawling their eyes out because Billy Epler no longer is the Mets GM and they're not going to get Shohei Otani, one has nothing to do with the other. Okay, if Shohei Otani's coming to the Mets, it's because the owner is going to outbid the rest of the universe for him. It's got nothing to do with Billy Epler is here, not here, you name it. Like I said, there's not billboards of Billy Epler in Japan like he's some baseball savant that everybody, you know, adores and respects. It's not the way this thing works. If Shohei wants to be a Met, it's because the Mets are going to pay him more than anybody. He's comfortable in the East Coast. He's comfortable in New York City. That's why he becomes a Met. Not because of who the general manager is or isn't. And now David Stearns, look, you got to go get a manager. You're making all the decisions anyway. I would think that hiring the manager comes before hiring the GM. And everybody wants to put two and two together with Craig Council. We'll see. Right? Craig Council's team went away very quietly in this postseason, losing two games at home to the underdog Arizona Diamondbacks. But Craig Council's done a lot of winning with the Brewers. I know they never got to the World Series, but you know what? Five playoff trips in six years, a couple of division titles along the way. They went to a Game 7 in the National League Championship Series under his watch. Any Met fan would sign up for that. Any Met fan. But as Anthony was just reminding us all, think about the state of baseball right now and the influence of analytics and data and how these general managers and these front office staffs who maybe are moving further and further away from actual pro scouting and more towards data and numbers and using that to support your baseball-making decisions. What's a manager? Right? What's a manager? He's a data applicator, right? Somebody who takes the numbers that the Ivy League interns that they hire for the summer spit out of a computer and print out on a spreadsheet. And that's the best way to conjure up a lineup on any given day and to decide who's pitching when and how many innings and to whom. Like yesterday in the Toronto game, Jose Barrios. They gave up top prospects to acquire him. Then they re-signed them for major money. Season on the line, the guy pitches three innings and they get him out of there because God forbid he faces the lineup the second time around. But that's the baseball game that we're playing right now. And you don't have to like it. I don't. But I don't think it's going away anytime soon either. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.